Good morning or happy Wednesday. Happy second Sabbath. That's what we refer to <laughs> Wednesday as the second <laughs> Sabbath. Little joke. What are we talking about? Uh, we are continuing the Kingdom Currency series and we are talking about the tangibles. What is it we can grab hold of right here, right now? Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. I just, uh, this is what I'm waiting for. We have gone through a, a time in, in our lives where we did get to see some of these tangibles and the, you know, the most exciting ways play out. And, um, but listen, there has been a drought. <laughs> there has been a supernatural drought in my life in particular. And I I am ready to see those things happening. And a lot of them were just signs, right? The signs that make you wonder. And um, like gold teeth for no reason at all. The the glory glitter is what we affectionately refer to it as. And, you know, where your, your hands are, are just covered with sparkles and um, and even the, the oil. We, we've even experienced some oil oil coming out of our hands and um, healings, even the half healings were exciting. And mm. <laughs> what am I missing there? I know that there's other things like feathers, bones. Oh, tell that one. That's fun. Uh, yeah. We were at a conference uh, in Topeka and we uh, had a break for lunch. We went up to the room and we had at least three large families in there that I can remember. Um, maybe more, not, I, I don't remember. It was a lot of people and we had a, a few little small things of meat, some rolls to, you know, like make little sandwiches, little barbecue sandwiches. There's no way that this should have been enough to feed everybody, but it did. And we wound up filling up a container of leftovers, uh, at the end. We just, yes. we just believed that, uh, Jesus would bless it and that everybody would eat and have their fill. And they did. Everybody walked away uh, fat and happy that day. Yes, it was it was just such a phenomenal thing, too. And, and we weren't really expecting it. We were just opening the door for whoever wanted to come in and eat for convenience sake. Like we didn't want to leave the hotel. <laughs> and and so and the food just never seemed to go away. And but I just what I want to say about that is all that took was some gold teeth. You know, all that took was some glory glitter on hands for us to just simply believe that God would just do what he wanted to do. And 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 I think that we take ourselves so seriously in this area. I, I know I am totally guilty of this. But in that moment, there was such childlike faith to just be like, you know, of course, this just happens. Right. And I think that when we get ourselves so worked up, we probably miss the miracles that are happening all around us because we're, we're dabbling in more of a religious legalistic thing than we are childlike faith. And mm -hmm. so anyway, I love the stories of old. And what is so fun for me to point to is all of those stories. Most of those stories came from a time when um, there was what was called Topeka storm going on and which is just an hour away from junction city where we're at. And that's where pepper lives. And here we are, are like what 12 14 years later and we were all at the same conferences at the same <laughs> time and just met Crazy. pepper you know 12 14 years later and um so i'm just going okay even in that 
like you can see like that God was God was at work. He was he was beginning, you know, a tapestry, if you will. And and I even think that that's a miracle. I can point to the day that that Pepper showed up and said, it's Pepper from the comments and go like, (laughs) (laughs) God, God orchestrates some some wild things just so that we will lean into that that childlike mm-hmm. and and begin to to wonder what else what else does he have up his sleeve for us to discover for us to lean into for us to see for us to experience for us to touch and i i love the i love the tangibles who doesn't right mm-hmm. but uh, we have been in a space of really more operating in the intangibles where it's like just leaning into the unseen realm and waiting and waiting and waiting for it to manifest. And um, so I, I'm eager. I'm eager to begin to see some of these, these things again. Pepper, chime in. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, I was considering um, this whole word tangible, you know, Mm -hmm. and probably like everybody else, you know, you think of, what I can touch, you know, what I can see with my eyes. So just out of curiosity, I kind of Googled the word. And, of course, um, it was what's perceptible by touch, you know, and, and uh, what's capable of being held. But I thought this was interesting, too. One of the definitions was um, if, if you can grasp it, you can grasp it both physically and mentally. And so that made me think of faith because faith, you know, we say that if you can perceive it, you can have it. And we know that's, we're not talking about some new age law of attraction, but we're talking about what God says we can have. If we can see it, we can have it. Yeah. So that, that really made me think of faith because, uh, you know, the Bible does call faith a substance, you know, so it's not as intangible as we may think, you know, it's the evidence of things not seen, but it's also called a substance. And, you know, there, we've all been given a measure of faith, but there's also a gift of faith. And so I thought about what you were saying about Topeka storm. It's kind of like, when a prophet's around and everybody gets to prophesy and you just, you know, (laughs) I think sometimes that gift of faith operates that way too, you know, but I thought it was very interesting that it's not just what you can perceive with your eye, handle with your hands and grasp physically, but it's also what you can grasp mentally in your mind. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. good. Because we know that that what we think about tends to to manifest because we partner with with it in word and mm-hmm. and our words have the power of life and death on it. So we're always creating. And and so I just it's that and that right there is is sobering and exciting <laughs> because yeah. I know how frivolous I can be with words and, and creating mm-hmm. with that. And, and so that's, that's a good reminder of like, okay, so what, what's going on in my mind right now? What am I allowing? And we talk about this all the time. It's like taking every thought captive, not just the ones that are bothersome, but taking every 
thought captive and and bring it under the the lordship of Jesus Christ and will it stand will it create something that that is worthy to to bear his name and and I that's just that's so exciting to me because then I I know that that's where word comes from is is from our thought life and and so what what are we creating what are we um causing to manifest because we've partnered with it in word mm. that's so good I, I love this conversation and what was on my heart this morning when thinking about the tangibles is faith. And and when we think about faith, we think about, you know, uh, faith being, it says the Bible of faith is uh, the substance of things hoped for. For So things hoped for isn't something we necessarily have and can hold. And so it's kind of a paradox talking about the tangibles and faith at the same time. When we look at it from our, our natural perspective, and try to look at it with with earthly eyes but uh really you have to have when we start talking about the tangibles the the signs the wonders the miracles the uh heal the sick uh raise the dead cast out demons all of these things uh we have to have a um a measure of faith to even begin to to hope that these things are possible to even begin to look at them to even uh consider them coming into the tangible. And, and I think this is where a, a lot of in our Western society, where uh, those things stop and why we, we don't see them because we put our faith in the things that we can see right now, not uh, uh, the things that, um, you know, the substance of things hoped for. It, it, we put our faith in, in medicines, in, in doctors rather than in uh, Holy Spirit to come and heal, you know, in, in relying on what Jesus did on our behalf to to bring about uh, uh, these tangible things that we know we can we can touch, so we we can share testimony and share our experience and and be able to uh, declare over someone and and watch their experience unfold right in front of our eyes and be able to to have that as a, another tangible thing we can point to and say, look, this is real. This happened, but we have to, like you mentioned earlier, simply believe. Yeah. Well, the, the small things allow that to, to open up a, a, a richer world uh, for you when it comes to the tangibles, you, you hear uh, a small prophetic word given and, and it may not seem, uh, grand or significant in the moment, but take hold of it and see where it leads you. Uh, um, when you take it to, to break it open with Holy spirit. And so having faith and simply believing is, is where we absolutely need to start. If we're going to, if we're going to lay hold of these tangibles, if we're going to be able to, um, hear that word of knowledge, speak it out, declare healing, declare, breakthrough or uh, uh, restoration, whatever it is, and, and see that come to pass, we got to believe that it's possible. And so, we, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about the intangibles in the following week, but it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a, a, an ebb and flow, you know, a give and take. You have to uh, sit with the intangible to see the tangible and then take the tangible and allow that to uh, uh, build greater faith for larger intangibles right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and there's just, I mean, there's just so many things to partner with. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we're, we're surrounded by the angelic. We're surrounded by the great cloud of witness. I mean, there's just, there's so many things to, to take into consideration. Like, I, I love the scripture. I, I think it's, is it Elisha? I get the Elisha and Elijah stories mixed up. I think it's Elisha where he, he, he points his servant in the direction of look, like open your eyes. Greater are they that are for us than those that are against us. And, and so I think like it's the same, how much more, right? How mm-hmm. much more is that true now for us living under a new covenant, living under victory, that that greater things are there for us to to play in and and it's just it's a matter of believing and in we we know the story of you know the disciples trying to protect Jesus from the children like oh don't bother him you know and Jesus is like knock it off <laughs> like let the children come to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to these and and that has everything to do with faith not age you know are we going to allow ourselves to to come back down to a childlike faith and not walk in arrogance. Let's just be honest. I mean, that's what it is. When we when we start moving into legalistic matters, we have we have forsaken our childlike faith to to dabble in things that aren't for us. And and so, you know, I don't have the steps, I don't have the 10 steps of how to get back to childlike faith. That that's just going to be, you know, between the individual and Jesus. I don't know what, what, what provokes awe and wonder in you. And, um, I I do want to, I want to tell, I want to tell a story of something that happened last week to me. I was having a conversation with a lady at work and, um, and she has been struggling with, um, her, her weight for, I think she had said 10 plus years and, um, and, and you can tell that it's, it's a burden for her to, it's always on her mind and, and it's, it's just, it's become a burden for her. And in the middle of this conversation, Jesus starts reminding me of the things that I have seen him do. And, and one of those is supernatural weight loss. And I have seen this happen multiple times with people I know. And, and so I'm sitting there going like, what are you asking me to do? You know, my mind just became so full with almost like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> and like, I don't know what, what you want me to do right here, right now. And what if, right? Like, what if, what if that scares her? What if that, you know, freaks her out? This is a workplace. I don't know if this is, <laughs> it was like all of these questions. And, and I ended up walking away from that and not even mentioning it. And, and I had a conversation with God on the backside going like, what just happened? Like, what, what were you asking me to do? And it was this, this, guys, this is so, so much more simplistic than, than, than we want it to be because mm-hmm. we want permission for the out rather than permission to continue on. And, and he, it was just this simple question of Angie, what makes you think? I don't know whether she can handle that or not, you know, and in my arrogance, I'm sitting there questioning him. <laughs> Of, you know, whether it was something too big for her, something that would scare her, something, you know, that would cause her to be like, I need to stay steer clear of you. And so I asked him, I was like, oh, God, give me another opportunity. And, and really, it was just kind of like, take it, you know, you're going to have to be bold enough to just take the opportunity. And I did. The next night I went to her and I said, hey, I've been considering 
you know, our conversation. And I wanted to share something with you that I've seen happen. And, um, and I just really wanted to share it with you because it's exciting. And so I told her the whole story about the supernatural weight loss that I have seen God do in, in different scenarios. And, and I told her the whole story about how it was called out that if you need weight loss, that it's in the room and Jesus is wanting to, to bring healing to that area and asking the people to get up and start walking around the room and their clothes start falling off. (laughs) It's completely unexplainable. I can't explain that. It's, it's just, it's, it's the supernatural. You can't explain it. And, and my cerebral mind wants to be able to explain it. And, um, and she's sitting there looking at me like, Oh my gosh. And this is what she says to me. How do I find this person? (laughs) To which, you know, and she's a woman of, of faith and, um, and, and, you know, probably not the same way that, that we, we are. However, it provoked something in her. And I just simply said, you know, that the same God that, that he had access to, you have access to ask him, ask him for it. And on the backside of that, God (laughs) gave me this picture (laughs) of miracles breaking out in the salon. I mean, like it was full of people and literally you can walk circles. around the, the the salon and and so it was just like seeing like people walk out these miracles these invitations for miracles and I'm just like what on earth are you up to God like I I just don't know I don't know what he's up to but here's what I want to provoke us to do is in these small moments, these little moments where God is reminding us of things that we have seen, let's be brave enough to do something about it, knowing Mm -hmm. full well that God knows the person that's in front of us better than we do. And he wouldn't Mm -hmm. suggest that if it wasn't going to work. (laughs) It's, it's an incredible thing too, of how uh, seeing the miracle break open and somebody else can build your faith just as much, if not more than the person who's receiving that miracle. And it's, it's something that just can't be overlooked. No, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He I knows love what he's doing. Bringing that out. It, he, he absolutely knows what he's doing. And um, whether it's, it's for that person or it's for you, just know that he's got goodness in mind always there's always goodness that he has on on his heart for us and so you know that that there is is a a promise on the backside of whatever that picture is he's showing you whatever that uh is you're hearing him say (laughs) to you to speak out just do it yes just do the thing just do it yeah (laughs) go on nike and just do it (laughs) yes oh man what you got for us, Pepper? Well, I was thinking about, you know, sharing our testimony and how you shared it with that woman. And basically what you're, what we're doing when we do that to other people is we're planting, yeah. you know, we're planting seeds, you know, and we may not see the full result of it because you don't plant a seed and see the full result that day, unless it, it is a supernatural thing, but just even the planting is supernatural. 
you know, and sometimes that's all we're to do is plant it. Somebody else can come along and water it. You know, they can water it themselves in the word. But I think we forget sometimes that we're spurring each other on with our testimonies and we're planting seeds. And so, and then I think another way of looking at faith as a substance, you can say that uh, the tangibles come out of the intangibles. (laughs) You know, like in Hebrews 11, it said, uh, let's see, it says the things... So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hmm. So, you know, the tangibles come out of the intangibles. And so I think it can help our faith to look at it that way and remember, you know. And some of those tangibles aren't just the things that we can grasp and touch. But um, you were talking about acknowledging the ruins and, you know, um, what comes out of the ruin sometimes and character, integrity, you know, those are mental, uh, you know, tangibles to me that, that, that can come out of this seed planting. And so we do that in ourselves, plant seeds, but we also do it in others. Mm-hmm. So there's even encouragement for others in the ruins. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, in, in looking at the ruins, that we have to be willing to acknowledge the ruins or we are never going to understand our deficit. We're never going to understand the, the hunger that is necessary. And because we need to begin to hunger for the things of God and, and not just be satiated by anything. And we are. We are, we are so entertained by every little thing and, and God is wanting to bring us down to, to the ruins. And and we have talked a lot about Haggai this, this year, because it's something that God emphasized and, um, and, and that's what it's talking about. Like God is like, you are attempting to build your own kingdom here. And I want you to come up here, gather supplies to build mine. And, and essentially he's like, look what you've done. Like you have, you have toiled and all you have to show for it is ruins. And, and, and until they were capable of acknowledging that until we are capable of acknowledging that, that what we build with our own hands and in our own um, flesh is just ruins. And that's something that God said to me yesterday morning while I was getting ready. He was like, Angie, I want you to understand that the things that he was talking about loss and he was talking about my own personal ruins. And he's like, I want you to understand the only thing that I've taken from you is, is the things that your flesh is familiar with. And I don't want you to have things surrounding you that your flesh is familiar with because that comforts and that grows your flesh. I want to surround you with the things that are of my kingdom. I want you to become more familiar with the things of the spirit than you are the things of the flesh. And we know that Jesus told the disciples, he's like, do not store up things of earthly value. Store up things that are going to go on and on and on. And we've been talking a lot about legacy lately. And and I think that we have to become more legacy minded spiritual wise than, than we are about wanting to make sure that, you know, we leave our great grandmother's 
you know, China cabinet with the children, right? Like, who cares? <laughs> That's not something that that I want my kids to 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 consider me and and want that. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want my kids to look at my life and be like, "Ooh, I certainly hope that she leaves." You know, whatever, whatever it is to me, I hope they look at my life and say, "I want to walk." in the things that she walked in. I want to be able to, to take the, the, the spiritual life that she lived and have that applied to my life. That's what I want them to ache for. That's what I want them to hunger for. I don't want them to care about the wealth of the world. Yeah. Ego gets in the way of that. Yes. It gets in the way of being able to look at the ruins and, and survey what, what's owed to us. Uh, the conversation we were having before we came on was, was about really being able to take a look at that and know that what was, what was it that uh, Emma called this the year of what? Restitution. Restitution. How are you going to know what is to be paid to you in restitution if you don't examine yes. what's been taken from you? Right. And, and this is another one of those things that are, our Western society and culture um, puts ego in front of. We don't want to look at those things because that might be considered failure or uh, whatever, uh, not good. And in, in reality, it's, it could be, you know, if, if that is something that God is tearing down, we can't miss the fact that um, we may be interpreting that in the wrong way. Yeah. If we don't allow our, our mind to look at it that way and, and be able to see that. And, and this whole topic of the tangibles and the, and the drought that you alluded to at the beginning of this, it's, it's not just a drought in your life. It's, it's pretty widespread in, in my opinion. And, um, and that's something that's owed to us. I think that is something that has been uh, stolen from us and, and, needs to be given back. Yeah. It, it we're owed uh at, at what is it seven times, ten times, whatever it is. Yes. More than just what was taken. That's what's owed to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in the upside down kingdom, as it is referred to, we are dying to live, you know? And so acknowledging the ruins is just part of it. It's part of um dying fully and recognizing that what I have put my hand to is of no value if it wasn't done for the glory of the King. And, and so acknowledging our ruins, acknowledging the failure, if you will, it's just part of it. We fail forward. And, and, and honestly, like there is, there's no greater acceleration and I can, I can, I can say this from experience. There's no greater acceleration outside of acknowledging the failure, acknowledging the ruins, acknowledging the, the areas where there was a, a, even a spiritual deficit, spiritual poverty. We've talked about that at length too. It, like owning our spiritual poverty, like by comparison to the King, I am impoverished. <laughs> <laughs> And if I don't acknowledge that, then I haven't made room for him to be greater, 
You know, we love to point to to what it is that John the Baptist said that I have to 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 become less so that he can become more. And, and we do so in this arrogant, haughty manner. And it's not about dying in the way that we have utilized that portion of scripture. And it means to die. Like John knew that he had to die in order for there to be room for the Savior within him. And, and this is a man who could have very easily taken on a Savior complex and or a, a hero complex. And this is something we see on a regular basis, too, where, you know, we, we have the people that want to swoop in and be the hero. And let's not do that either. Like, that's not your job. Just die. That's your job, right? <laughs> Just die already. We are living sacrifices. And, and the only way to, to be able to, to flow in the things of the spirit, in the supernatural, is, is by being a living sacrifice. I'm not saying that you won't have access to it because like Pepper pointed to, in the same regard that you know a prophet can be in the room and everybody can prophesy, it is true. Everybody gets to play. When when things begin to manifest, when somebody carries a gift of faith or a gift of miracles, a gift of healing, everyone gets to play in that. It doesn't mean that you're carrying it. I don't want us to be a people that have to be in the room. Let's be people who are dead enough to carry that level of glory. <clears throat> well, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying about legacy. And, you know, legacy comes from the ruins. Legacy is part of the ruins. And I'm not talking about living in the ruins. But I remember, and I still love it, when I was a little girl, to look in the encyclopedia and look at the ruins in Athens. Yeah. You know, they're so beautiful. Nobody lives among the ruins, of course. But the ruins point to something greater there. And so the, the ruins are part of our testimony, part of our history with God, you know, that we can go back and look at those ruins, not from, I long to be there. And that back in the day, that was so good, but it's a testimony. Like I came from that. You see that mess? I came out of that. Look, you know, yeah. and, and it's like when you were talking about legacy and how, um, you, we want our children to want that spiritual legacy we leave behind, I not only want my children to want it, I want them to not be able to but help it, you know? <laughs> because right. now that I've become an adult, I look at, you know, my mother, she was a very wise woman. And I look at my dad, he was a very kind man. And it's like, I'm copying their legacy, just not even knowing it. You know, yeah. and that's one of those positive things where you want to hear your mate say, you just, you're just like your mother. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bad part, but the good part, you know? <laughs> so I want my children, their spouses to say, you're just like her. <laughs> yes. Not the bad stuff, but <laughs> the, yes. the ruins are part of the testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Have we glamorized the ruins enough? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, you can look throughout any of, of the books of the prophets and find this in there, you know, the desolation, the ruins, you know, all, all of the things, but on the back side of it, it's always, he levels it 
to bring in a greater glory. Amen. And so if this is something that, that anyone is experiencing, take hope in this. You're, you're doing the right thing. If you are experiencing your spiritual poverty, if you're experiencing ruins, if you're experiencing any, any really any kind of, of loss, you've done something right. You know, you've, you've allowed yourself to, to, to live in the reality. Honestly, can we say it like that? I, I think that as, as churched people, we, we pretend a whole lot. We put on a mask and pretend like things aren't as bad as they are instead of just acknowledging that, you know, life just kind of stinks right now. And, um, and, and it's in the stink that, that gives God room to come in and, and be who he is. I mean, you, you got to look at, at what, um, what we know. Okay. Right. In, in Romans five, it, it says that while we were at our absolute worst, while we were at our darkest, Christ died. He's not afraid of the mess, that the, the idea of God can't look on sin. And I think that, that we associate our mess with sin so often without even really being able to verbalize that. That's what we're doing. We're associating our mess with sin and thinking, I, I have to hide, right? It's the same thing that Adam and Eve did. They messed up, they hid. And and God doesn't want us to hide. It's like it's in like the Wizard of Oz movie when when she lands in Munchkin Land and um Glinda the good witch shows up and all the munchkins are hiding <laughs> and she's walking around singing, Come out, come out wherever you are. And and I feel like that so often. I hear, and I know that this is very, very, very childlike um, that, that I'm referring to Wizard of Oz, but this happens to me on a regular basis where God reminds me of that scene. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, come out. Like, I don't need you to hide from me in, in this. And and sometimes it's just a knee-jerk reaction. I don't even know I'm doing it. And, and he wants me to be exposed to him on the backside of being exposed to the mess. You know, and, and one of the things that, that God has, has, has taught me over the last like year and a half is, and this it's also feels so silly to even say out loud because duh, but um, it, he's like, Angie, I knew about the mess before you did, you know, like, like he was comfortable with the mess before I was even brought in on it. And, and to me, that's a, that brings me comfort. It brings me comfort being reminded that I am never alone. He is always present. He is very aware of all of the happenings in my life long before I am, long before I am, because he sees everything. And, and so it helps me to know, to be able to pause. Okay, this is something that, that I talk about often, but it's like, we need to practice the pause and stop being so reactionary to everything. Because how we respond rather than react to something is huge. So if we can just take a second and pause and be like, okay, Jesus, I know you're here. I know you saw this long before I did. How do you want me to respond in this moment? This hurts. I'm not saying to pretend like it doesn't hurt. Acknowledge the pain, but then ask for the right response to it. How do you want, how do you want me to respond? What would a faith response be? Even in this, even in this disaster, what does a faith response look like? That's good. Being responsive over being reactive. 
Yeah. I, I love that you brought out, he knew the mess before I did. And thank you, Jesus, for that, for, for walking through it and making solutions possible before we even get there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful uh, uh, to, to know that and to be able to take hold of that. But, you know, when we get into the mess, we need to be reminded of it. Right. Well, and I think that I, I think because we are, are more familiar with the, the flesh things that that we, we even expect God to withhold from us, you know, like we have seen portrayed in maybe even your, your own family, but portrayed on TV for sure, uh, portrayed in society for sure that you do wrong. Therefore you don't get, you know, the goodness is withheld from you because things are not uh, up to par. That's not kingdom life. It's not how it works. We can point to Peter, right? We can point to Simon, and, and, and recognize this, that his life was a disaster when he was called to follow Jesus. He was at the end of himself, though he didn't want to acknowledge it. He was still using his own flesh effort to, to push on. And he didn't even want to throw his net out on the other side to, to catch all the fishies. And, and so even, so, so like, if we really believe that he is withholding because we aren't getting it right, you need to get saved. You know, there's no, there's no naughty or nice list. There's it's he's not Santa Claus, right? No. I mean, shoot, even St. Nicholas was better than Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're right. There is no naughty or nice list. He's not making a list and he's certainly not checking it twice. He threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. And so he is not withholding. So do not punish yourself on his behalf. He knows what he's doing. He took on the punishment so that you could live in his goodness. Do not punish yourself on his behalf. That's good. Somebody should tweet that one. (laughs) I was a tweeter. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, gosh. So what I would say to to wrap that up is this has everything to do with the supernatural. I think we miss out because we pull away from him. He hasn't changed. He's the same. He's the same God. He hasn't changed his mind just because, you know, maybe we went wayward for a while. Mm-hmm. He's the same God. It's the walls we erect that um, keep us from experiencing the the greater glory, right? And I'm not saying that that doesn't ebb and flow, flow because I know that it does, and it's for our own good that, that that happens. And I think oftentimes he's creating hunger in us. So let's get hungry. Yeah, let's get hungry again for the supernatural, and and not you know withdraw from that because things just don't seem pristine and perfect. They don't have to be. Right. He delights in the ruins. Yeah. Yeah. Hold it, hold expectation. Yeah. Don't don't just uh, uh, want and wish. Hold expectation that he will show up and and uh, release the miracles that that are 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 needed. Yeah. Pepper, do you have last words? Yeah, I do. I would say, don't be afraid of the ashes. There's no beauty without mm. ashes. Come on. There's no resurrection without death. Mm -hmm. And 
there are things he tells us to remember and there are things he tells us to forget. And I love how you always say, don't go deep diving in the, you know, river of forgetfulness. We're not to remember those past sins, but um, we are to remember. He, he told us to remember his death, to remember his resurrection and to remember his word. So yeah. that's what I would say. Don't be afraid of the ashes. Without ashes, there is no beauty. That's so good. Mm, so, good. so good. Well, Vince, I know that that right now Holy Spirit is in the midst of breaking you open. So why don't you just some, release some things? Totally putting you on the spot. <laughs> uh, we are going to do some more of this on Sunday too, uh, Father. We just we thank you for uh, breaking this open for us this morning. We thank you for uh, reminding us of of what you've already done in our lives and showing us um, the signs, the wonders, the miracles that you've already performed uh, that we have seen that we get to uh, read about uh, in the Bible and, and uh, imagine what that looked like. And we get to explore all this with you and, and father right now, I just release over everyone listening and over everyone who is, is listening uh, later, a, a greater measure of faith. Deposit in them a, a greater hunger, a greater desire, a, a larger expectation mm. to, to operate in, in, in miracles. To be able to boldly step out and, and say what it is that you are are telling people to say and, and, and seeing things released. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like there is, there is, is something going out right now that is, is not just releasing greater faith, but that there is, uh, um, healing being released, but in a way that is, is healing the person that it, it's hitting, but it is, it's mm -hmm. not for them. It's flowing through them to somebody wow. else. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. It, it just, it feels like a, a big ball of energy just flowing out of me right now. Father, I thank you for, for what it is that you're doing and, and releasing right now. Mm. And if you are, are listening and you are um, knowing that you're receiving some uh, a healing right now that, that uh, is, is sparking in you to, to release for somebody else, let us know, reach out and, and tell us we want to, we want to know about this. We want to be able to uh, see your faith build up. We want to be able to build ours up as well. Yeah. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for what it is that you're, you're pulling us all into right now. And we are absolutely open, expecting and leaning in to hear more. Yeah. Hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. So, so good. Thank you for that. Guys, thanks for being on with us. 
And um, we'll talk to you soon. Tune in on Friday at 8 a.m. for Life Up Here. And then again on Sunday at 11-ish. <laughs> it's the best I can do. <laughs> Have a great rest of your week. And like Ben said, drop in the comments if, if you were experiencing anything while he was releasing.